Hello, everyone. I'm Pia, and I'm Paula, and welcome, welcome to Second Thoughts Pod. All right, let's see if we still got it. This is a safe space for all of us to discuss any feelings, reactions, or situations that you guys might be second guessing. We're gonna have fun, and it's gonna be great. So, what are you second guessing? Hello, everybody. I'm Pia, and I'm Paula, and welcome back to another episode at Second Thoughts Pod. Life updates. Do you have any, Pia? So by the time this episode goes up, a lot of you guys may have already know, but I actually came out with a jewelry line. I'm so excited. So this has been literally months in the making, guys. Like when I tell you, it's been a long time coming and I'm so excited to be able to like share it with you guys because I get so many questions on my social media accounts of like people asking, where's that ring from? Where's your necklace from? Where's your jewelry from? And I can't say and that's so annoying. I know people probably think you're gatekeeping. Yeah, but it's like I'm not responding because I'm like, I have to wait until it comes out and then all that fun stuff. But yeah, so hopefully you guys can still grab some pieces. I don't know. I hope maybe it'll be sold out. Maybe not. But I came out with like a vintage style ring and this really cute necklace comes in gold and silver. I'm over here pitching it right now, like in sales. But it's really special to me because I put, I created the design of it. I put a little engraving inside of the ring that says Ignite Your Spark. And like everything about the collection, it was all my idea, which was really fun because, you know, sometimes some brands don't really give you that much creative freedom. And they gave me a lot of, they were like, whatever you want, we can make it. I'm like, oh, period. So yeah, that's an exciting thing. I'll leave it linked in the show notes, wherever you guys can find it. But yeah. yeah. Or make sure you guys are following us on our socials, Sophia Quirkus, Paula Quirkus, or Second Thoughts Pod. So you guys are up to date with all of the recent and new developments that is happening in our lives. What about you? But on my end, nothing, really. I personally haven't had any new developments. I've been focused a lot on onboarding and starting my new job and just living life in the summer. I've been going to the beach a lot, seeing my friends, going out to dinners. So nothing really crazy on my end other than I had my first long run for my marathon training. It was six miles. I absolutely hated it, but I treated myself to new running shoes and I bought new tennis shoes. Nice. Which ones did you get? I ended up getting Brooks. Because I have like a very flat foot. And so she showed me two options. One was a Hoka and one was Brooks. And I ended up liking the Brooks just slightly more. Plus, I like the design of the Brooks more than I liked of the Hoka that they had. But I liked Hoka's. Like I ran my last 10 miler in Hoka's. And those shoes apparently have no support. So I was running and training in shoes that had no support for my kind of foot. So that was fun. I went to like a real running store and they fitted me and tested me out. And I'm a seven in those types of shoes, sneakers or athletic shoes, apparently. And I've always gone six, six and a half. Wait, did you test them out like you ran with them already? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was the funniest thing. So you know how they make you run with it? Mm -hmm. So I was running and I get off and the girl's like, so do you have any injuries or any lingering problems with your knees or legs or anything? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I tore my ACL a few years ago in my right knee. And she's like, yeah, I could tell. I was like, oh, that was a few years ago. I thought it was already healed. <laughs> she's but... saying you run funny. <laughs> yeah, she said I have a slight 
pivot in my knee. Like it goes inwards a little on the one that was obviously injured. And while it was embarrassing, it was good that they called it out, to be honest, because it means that they know what they're doing. So yeah, that's true. Well, that's good. Not that for you. Anyways, running places didn't know they existed until you went to them. And it's just a perfect example of all the things we do not know. So today's episode is hopefully an installment. I don't know if we'll have more episodes like this, but it's an installment of things nobody teaches you because you go to school for 12 years and then you grow up and do all of these things and suddenly you know nothing still. You know nothing. Exactly. P and I just compiled a bunch of things that we've learned over the course of our 20s thus far. And we figured, why gatekeep? Let's share the wealth. For anyone who's been wondering about random things that no one teaches you, not your parents, not your teachers, not anyone, here they are. And these are also things that are very basic in life. Like you should know this in life. It's things that will help you in your day-to-day or even just in the next steps of your career and your future and everything. It's funny because I feel like you just never stop learning ever in life. Never. And it's like you go into a new chapter and it's just a whole nother era of you learning new things and so many things that like, it just makes me wonder how much people just fake it till they make it. Because I'm thinking about how just for instance, like the biggest, I'm in my homeowner era right now and I'm learning so many new things about what it's like owning a home and just like all these things. But I made a TikTok about it a few months ago, just talking about like, I just don't understand how anybody knows anything. Like when people say they have their life together, they really don't. Because it's like funny to me because everything that I have done so far, I just literally learned. I didn't learn it in school. I learned it by going through the motions. And No one's there to hold your hand, especially even our parents. I don't know if other people can relate to this, but our parents are immigrants. So some of the things that they knew how to do in the Philippines is very different in the U.S. So I'll just kick it off. As an older sibling, I really carry this family on my back. Want to know why? Because I had to figure out how to apply for colleges. I had to figure out how to sign up for SATs and ACTs and go on college FAFSA. tours. Yes, applying for FAFSA. Mom and dad did not help me at all. Not because they didn't want to, but because they could not. They had no idea. Yeah, they didn't understand it. And you know our guidance counselors. They weren't really present. And God bless teachers and guidance counselors, especially you have to deal with so many kids. But I needed a lot more handholding than others most likely because of the fact that my parents knew nothing as well. Other people could go home to their parents and be like, oh, mom, how did you apply for this university? Do you know what a common app is? Can you help me write with my essay? Meanwhile, our parents literally text us about their Facebook posts and make sure that what they're posting is right and grammatically correct. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's different because our parents are immigrants and like even us coming to America, we weren't really accustomed to the life here and just, you know, us trying to learn English and all this stuff. It was a bit of a culture shock, but it's crazy because for you, you were the one who taught me 
how to do my FAFSA and like what was the little tips and tricks for applying to colleges and things like that. You know, I would literally ask mom and dad and they'd be like, yeah, ask your ate, ask Paula. I'm like, okay. I know. Even now, I'm the one checking in on our brothers or at least our younger brother who's still in high school. And I'm asking him, hey, have you applied for colleges already? Have you done this? And Angelo's pretty good. He is very on top of his stuff. But I remember for you and Nikki specifically, I was doing a lot more than I had signed up for. And our parents just didn't know. But it's funny because you went through the motions and yet no one asked you anything. Yeah. It's the eldest child syndrome. Yeah, I I hate it. I hate it. We have to do a a whole episode on that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, middle child. Stay there smiling. (laughs) I can hear the smile in your voice. But it's funny because it's like, that's just an example of just one thing, right? That's us going into college, you know? And then there's things you learn in college and that there's things you learn out of college. And it goes to show like you just never stop learning. You never stop. Yeah. So for example, one thing that I also, or you and I just recently learned, I want to say in the past three years, four or five years, is how to pump gas. Oh, yeah. We're from Jersey. So... (laughs) Pumping that with gas a grain is, of salt. You you don't pump gas there, okay? And honestly, like, I didn't even know that we were the only state that doesn't pump our own gas. But also, who teaches that? Like, how would you know? Exactly. I think, you know, there's instructions I found recently that there are instructions actually on the gas pump. Did you, have you noticed that? You probably don't notice that because you don't pump gas. No, but I don't know if you knew this. But I recently just found this out. And this was, again, on my list of things no one teaches you, but are really helpful. And I need to preface this. I don't drive. So like maybe this is why I didn't know this. But whenever I take Jordan's car and I have to fill it, I never know which side the fuel tank is on because I don't drive it that often. But there's an icon in the dashboard where that little gasoline sign is. And there's an arrow that tells you which side of the car it's on. Yeah, I saw that on TikTok. <laughs> Honestly, like, I've learned so much more on TikTok than I have oh, by yeah. myself. TikTok is a learning platform for real. No, I saw that on TikTok and I looked at it. I like went to my car and I looked at it and I was like, oh my God, that it's so true. And I didn't know that that was a thing. Before you just had to rely on memory, right? Yeah. And or, or like, oh, this is just a specific car and like remembering which side it's on. But yeah, that's so funny. Another thing that I feel like I didn't know is that you have to like find an actual doctor because you grew up with a pediatrician, right? Like when do you graduate to finding like a doctor? And I didn't even know that. I I remember like when I went, like I had an appointment back in Jersey with my pediatrician and he was like, yeah, you're going to have to start looking for like a gynecologist and like a primary doctor. I was like, what? I thought that that was going to be, how does that, how do you even do that? Do you know what I mean? I would think that they would just at least just like pass me on to the big doctors, you know? Yeah, which is interesting because you don't have your own health insurance, right? Like you're still under our parents. Yeah. Yeah, you're not 26 yet. But when you turn 26, they kick you off of insurance. So if you don't have a job that offers health, vision and dental benefits, what do you do? Well, I still don't know. Exactly. 
no one teaches you this. I pay out of pocket, I guess. No, you can sign up for stuff, I think. But that's the thing also, because I'm not there yet. I don't need to learn that yet. I have a little over a year until I'm kicked off the health insurance. And then then I got to navigate my way through that. But right now, I'm good. Taxes is another thing that I know a little bit about, but don't know anything about. Jordan is an accountant, so he does my taxes for me now. Like we just send off papers to his uncle and or he'll do it on TurboTax. But I didn't know what taxes were because I didn't really have a job until I was 19, maybe, in college. Really? Yeah, I didn't really work until college. No way. Didn't we work as gymnasts, coaches? Yeah, but I did that in college. I was in college. I didn't have a job in high school. Really? Yeah. Why did I have a job? Because you stayed home. No, not, not in high school. In high school. I did not have a job in high school. What the heck? What did you do? I don't know. I didn't know I needed to have a job. <laughs> I didn't know that. You know, I was just... Actually, yeah, that, that makes sense. I don't remember you having, like, going to work. No, I never did. Mm, interesting. I just saved all of my birthday money and my Christmas money and made it last for years. Oh, okay. Yeah. But after I was a freshman in college, that's when... I realized, oh, I need money. Yeah. (laughs) So I got a job at Bed Bath & Beyond and this gymnastics place. And those were like my first two summer jobs, I would say. And then I was a tutor in college. And then I did internships. And I always look for paid internships. But I didn't feel as if I needed to have a job. And then mom and dad never really told us to get jobs, you know? Like, if you think about it, why did you sign up for a job? Because your friends were doing it. None of my friends work, so. Yeah, Uh, okay, that makes sense. Honestly, for me, I should probably know more about taxes because I own a small business and like I'm self-employed, so taxes are a little bit more complicated for me. I think I've definitely learned more about taxes, but I still think I don't really know anything, honestly. And (laughs) you can pay people to do it. No, I have a CPA, And they watch my financials, my taxes, and like they help me file for certain, certain things. I don't even know. I just like, I tell them what I want and like who I am, what I do. And then they give me the steps of like, okay, you need to file for this. You need to do this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, okay. I'm, I love that my CPA kind of just like, okay, tell me what you need. And then they like give me like instructions like, okay, you need to do this and then blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, yeah. Cause I, I still don't really understand it. Even though they try to explain it to me, I'm still like, all right, yeah. That just goes over my head. But yeah, but there's some people who file their taxes themselves. And mind you, TurboTax and H&R Block make it easy so you can kind of do it. But how would you know? You wouldn't know. Yeah, like we didn't, no one teaches you that. Did we learn filing taxes in school no right no no because no one really had a job maybe in like if you had a specific course or a specific like subject maybe like finances or something but I mean me no I didn't didn't learn anything about taxes in high school or even college yeah the first two years that I started filing taxes after those summer jobs and mind you it was so dumb because I would get taxed on two months, three months of work. But anyways, they would ask for your W-9 or your W-2 statements. And I had no idea where to get them. No idea. So I guess, question for you. 
well, educate us here, okay? To the best of your ability, because I also am very aware that you fly by the seat of your pants. Yeah. I don't know what's happening. How does all the finances as an influencer work? You do a lot. So you do a lot of brand deals. It's just a source of your income. You also have a business, Ignited Apparel. How does taxes work? What is an LLC? Why does it even matter? Just give us a high level overview. So for what I do, because the way I get paid, most of my income comes from brands, right? Because they pay me to post a TikTok, an Instagram reel or whatever ads. Okay. So they give me money for that because it's like self-employment. I get that amount, right? And at the end of the year or in March or whenever tax season is, they take a percentage of that because that needs to be taxed. Whereas it's not already taxed. Okay, throughout the year when I get paid. Yes. So for example, I work at a corporate job. When I get my paycheck, there's already taxes taken out. My company already does it for me. But when Sophia gets paid, she literally gets money wired to her account. Yeah. And it's not taxed. I don't know. Some influencers might have it set up differently. This is just kind of like what I've been doing. So it's always important for me to always remember that like this isn't all the money I'm going to get. I need to put aside a certain amount for taxes. That's kind of like a simplified version of like how I get paid as like for me. There's also a thing called write-offs, which is like business expenses or like if I post content of something that I bought, that can be considered like a write-off because I'm using it towards like my business or like things like that. If I get office supplies, which is for my home office, you know, that's considered write-offs because it's for my job. Same thing with Ignited Apparel and having a small business. An LLC is basically like, a limited liability company. And it's kind of like a like a title you put onto your business to like kind of to me I think it's kind of like a trademark. So it's like this is your the name of your brand and like no one can take it. So yeah, it just kind of like it just shows you as a company. LLC is like a company. Like for instance, I have Ignited Apparel LLC and then I'm actually an LLC like Sophia Quarkus LLC because I'm kind of like my own company as well. So that's that's why I also have an LLC. And then same thing with small businesses. You also get write-offs on there where it's like I'm buying supplies and stuff to help with my business. Those are considered write-offs. And write-offs, if nobody knows what write-offs are, it's basically like expenses that are relevant to your business. So you get that money back or that money gets taken out of whatever you owe yeah. And taxes. Yeah. So it's like you get paid. It's for instance, it's like getting paid back for those expenses because they're towards your business. That's kind of like a simplified version of how I get paid and filing my taxes. How did you create your LLC though? So if you want to create an LLC, you literally just have to type in like register your company as an LLC and then it's different per state. Wait, for real? Like you Googled that? Yeah, you just like say register as an LLC. And then it's different. Like, so for instance, when I was filing for my LLC, I was in Texas. So I filed my LLC in Texas. And like, there's a whole like website of Texas LLC stuff. And then you just like submit paperwork, you submit documents, you have to pay for it. You have to just fill out a bunch of things. And then you get your like paperwork and stuff like that. Oh my God, I had no idea. What did you think? I thought you went through your public accountant and he filed it for you. And I mean, maybe you could, but you could also just do it. Like 
with Ignited Apparel when I didn't have anything and I started that in 2018. I just looked up filing United Apparel as an LLC because it makes your company more legit. Yeah, more legit. So you have two LLCs, one for Sophia Corcus and one for Ignited Apparel. Yeah. The more you know. <laughs> I'm literally learning so much right now. I thought that you could literally just make one. Yeah, you can. No, like, so Ignited Apparel, for those of you who are unfamiliar, is Sophia's clothing brand. I thought you could just make a Shopify account, get clothes, ship it out. I mean, you can. I think an LLC just, it just makes you more, it's just, I don't know how to explain it. It's just more legit. And sometimes if you're doing like wholesale stuff, they don't sell to you if you're not an actual like company. Okay, I just looked up what an LLC is and can confirm an LLC is a limited liability company. It's a business structure that offers limited liability protection and pass-through taxation. I have no idea what that means. Yeah, I don't know either. (laughs) All I know is when I was in 2018, when I was like, how to start a business, they said, pick a name, register an LLC for it. And I'm like, okay, and I just did it. Was Ignited Apparel unique? What do you mean? Like, can you take the same name from an LLC? Because like in trademarks or copyright, you can't have the same name if it's in the same industry. No, yeah, it was it was unique. There's a whole lot of stuff that comes with self-employment, I think. But I, again, y'all, I literally didn't know anything. And I had to learn everything through YouTube, Google. I would watch a lot of videos of other like YouTubers and self-employed people and they would talk about their finances and like all that stuff. So that's kind of like how I navigated my way through it. But don't get it twisted, y'all. I still don't really know. (laughs) Kudos to you because this is precisely why I cannot be what you are. I cannot be a content creator. I cannot be my own entrepreneur. Like everyone always asks me, oh, Paula, why don't you just go in consulting? Because you like brand strategy. You like branding and marketing and all of that stuff. And I could definitely do that for people in a consultative manner, but I would have to create a business. And that means creating an LLC, creating a website, and it's just too much work. Yeah, it's a lot. It's definitely a lot. Yeah. And no one ever tells you how much work it is. Even creating this podcast. So for those of you who don't know how to create a podcast, It's a lot more than just talking into a mic. You need to have an editor. You need to have a hosting platform. You need to have your podcast distributed on other podcast platforms through an RSS feed. When you add a layer of brand deals and sponsorships, that's another thing. And it's a lot of work, a lot of prep that I did not realize. Now we have a team behind us that has helped us. But when Paula and I started this podcast, we honestly didn't really know where to start and what to do. And we ordered just like, you know, a headset, we ordered a mic. Even for me, I was the one editing our podcast. I had to figure out, okay, well, I don't even know how to edit audio. I Didn't you edit on a video platform? Yeah, I was editing on a video editing software, like Final Cut Pro. So what I did was, okay, I figured it out like, okay, maybe we just record locally on GarageBand and then I would export the MP4s and put it into Final Cut Pro. And I would just like look at a black screen because it's obviously for video, but there's no video. So I would just edit the sound. 
on Final Cut Pro. We just figured that was the best way. For those listening, I hope this gives you a sense of inspiration that anything you want to do and you don't know how to do it, if there's a will, there's a way, baby. Because I really look back at all the things that we've accomplished and the things that we've done. You starting a business, you doing clothing line, us starting a podcast, us buying a home. All of these things were things that we did not know how to do two, three, four, five years ago. And now we're fine. And we're still figuring it out too, guys. Trust us. I get questions too. I'm like, oh my God, how did you guys do that? You guys have so many things, so many things, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, y'all, Paula and I are still trying to figure out, you know, oh, should we have a better audio thing? Like, what do we need to do? Are we, We're using actually a new, what is it? Like a recording platform that we've never used before. And, you know, it's, it's all about trial and error, trying new things and seeing what works best for us. Even with our whole brand refresh, we thought we had it in the bag when we first started. And then now we're like, okay, we can do a lot of things way better. And it makes you think about how like it, we're always growing and don't be so like, oh my gosh, I'm starting a podcast, but this podcast platform has all of this. They seem so like successful, all this stuff. Like everyone starts somewhere. Okay, and Paul and I were filming on GarageBand and exporting it onto Final Cut Pro and I was watching a black screen when we first started. Okay, and now we have a team behind us and editors, which has been like a weight lifted off our shoulders, but we didn't start here. We had to learn and like figure out the best way to go about having this podcast. Would you say that Whenever you didn't know how to do something, you would just Google it. Yeah. Google is like my best friend. Yeah. Same. If I don't know something, I just look it up. Or I'll ask people who've done it before. But even then, I think I prefer Googling and seeing how it's done. But honestly, a lot of the time, you just have to go through the motions yourself. Like, for example, buying a home, right? When I was first thinking about buying a home, I looked up a bunch of articles about the process of buying a home. And I don't think I really learned as much reading five, 10 articles than I did just contacting a real estate agent and having them walk through the process with me. And there's a lot more that happens between when you are looking at apartments and house hunting up until closing day. Like there's things like seller's property disclosure, sharing an actual offer, applying for mortgage insurance. There's an inspection, appraisals, title insurance, looking at final numbers. There's so many things, even a final walkthrough. Did not know those things were going to happen. I don't know why I thought buying a house was going to be as simple as going to the grocery store and getting something that you want and then going home with it. No, there's so many layers to it. And then there's things like HOAs and making sure you have mortgage insurance. And like you said, especially if you're buying a new home, depending on where you are, you might have to call the garbage company so that you can make sure that someone picks up your trash and you get a trash can. You know, I did something literally today. I was like, what? I didn't even know. So I was wondering why I'm like, why have I not been getting mail like letters? <laughs> and I, oh, no. And I'm like, 
um, do I need to buy a mailbox? But I'm like, no, because my neighbors don't have mailbox and they're getting mail. And I got some emails saying, hey, did you receive this letter? Did you send? I'm like, no. Where, where? I emailed the community manager for my neighborhood. And I literally started off the email saying, I'm sorry, this is a stupid question, but how do I get my mail? And then she was like, you have to actually go to the post office and register your house under your name to get to receive mail. And like, you have to show your closing disclosure that like you, you bought the home. And then I have to fill out a paperwork for an address. And then they gave me a keys for there's community mailboxes, or you can get like your own mailbox, or you can tell them to just leave it at your porch or whatever. But they gave me keys for it. And I was like, okay. And like, it was already set up too. You go into the post office, there's like a whole section in the back of just like keys for new homeowners and like people that are buying homes and changing addresses. So they gave me the keys and I was like, okay, I went to, I didn't even realize there's like a, like, you know, in those community mailboxes that you see. And I opened it. There was so much mail in there, like so much mail. It's like a literal stack of it. And I had no idea I had to do that. I thought it would just like, you know, come to the house. They just deliver it to the address. Yeah, it's like you see the number and you see the street address. So you'd think like just just deliver it there. No. So is there a mail room? Yeah. Well, it's outside. It's like those like, you know what I'm talking about? Those community mail. Yeah, there's stands. like there's like a bunch of them. Yeah. And the, yeah. You, it's like a box, kind of like a P.O. Yeah. box. Like a P.O. box. You could either you could either use those or I just checked off in my like when I went to the post office and filled out the paperwork, you could say like, leave it in the mailbox, leave it in your own personal mailbox, leave it on the porch, like leave it in a, like you can write where you want them to put the mail. And I put just put it like, leave it on my porch. Did you have important things in your mail? Yeah, I had my like loan disclosure. Like, my, yeah, I had things, and I'm like, where? The people were saying, yeah, you're gonna get it in the mail. I'm like, dang, I'm not getting anything in the mail. Like, I, I literally thought I was like, my neighbors are stealing my mail. I'm like, because there's no way. And they, you get packages, right? Yeah, I get packages, which is, I guess, because they don't fit in that little, the little mailbox. But yeah, I've been getting packages and stuff like that. But other things that are sent from USPS, they were all packed away in that little thing. And I was like, wow, I really was like, my neighbors are stealing my mail. Like, I was so confused. Well, a fun fact that I just learned today as well is that, did you know that there's a difference between an emergency room and urgent care? No. What is it? So I always thought that urgent care and emergency room were the same thing, but urgent care were like more spread out. This is crazy because both of our parents work in the hospital. So I don't really know why we don't know this. But I always thought that emergency rooms were just urgent cares that were in the hospital. And urgent cares were emergency rooms that weren't a a part of hospitals. Like, I thought they were the same thing. Because, like, you see urgent cares, like, their their own building somewhere else. But emergency rooms, like you see in Grey's Anatomy, are part of the hospital. Okay. So urgent care is for, like, injury or illnesses that are not life-threatening. Like, for example you think you broke a finger, like you would go to urgent care there. The emergency room is when it's like serious, like getting gunshot. Yeah, where you could die, like life-threatening emergencies. I'm sure people go for both, but don't you think that would be nice to know? Like, don't you think someone should have told us? (laughs) 
Or maybe people are like, everybody knows that. But I honestly thought they were like interchangeable, to be honest. All right. Well, that's all I have for today. That's all I've learned so far. We definitely have to make this like a reoccurring episode because there's still, I feel like, more to talk about. Yeah. Something that eventually we will have to learn is how to actually get married. Did you know that you have to get a license? Oh, yeah. I only learned that just because recently just the people in my life have been like getting married and like this age. But honestly, I didn't really know. Yeah, I also only learned it because our friend Jasmine got married and she told us she had to get a marriage license. But a lot of the time, I would have had no clue because no one's getting married. And it's not like someone's sitting there teaching you, okay, honey, this is how you're going to get married. No, you have to Google that. Yeah. (laughs) It's a whole process, another process. Exactly. So neither here nor there. So there's just a few things that Paula and I have discussed that we just, you know, are we learned and we're still going to be learning new things. But I think it's so interesting because a lot of these things, maybe people who are older than us are like, yeah, I know all those things. And then maybe we have younger listeners who are listening and like, oh my gosh, we have to do that. We have to do that. And it's like so interesting because everyone is going to be at different parts of their lives. And yeah, I hope you guys feel comfortable knowing that like, not everybody has their lives together and it's all a learning process. Nobody really knows what they're doing. Yeah. We'll be your ates. We'll deal with it first and then report back. And then tell you. <laughs> Maybe we could do this quarterly or twice a year to reflect on the new things that we've learned in the past six months or so. But yeah, now you know why people file LLCs and things about home buying. and the difference between emergency room and urgent care. All right, everyone, we are back with another segment of What Are You Second Guessing? So for those of you who are new here, this is a safe space for us to discuss any feelings, reactions, or situations that we or you might be second guessing. It's natural to have second thoughts, especially during this time period in our lives. But we're here to help you normalize a change in opinion, direction, or whatever you want to call it. And we're going to provide our two cents. So let's listen in to this week's voicemail. I just wanted to know how you became an influencer. And if so, what are the struggles of becoming an influencer? How to become an influencer. I feel like this is um, a good question for especially this episode because you know I do get a lot of questions about people asking like how I even started and like what I did to get to where I am I think we can definitely expand on this but since this is we're just going to do a little segment of this I'm just going to kind of like keep it pretty brief honestly it's not like I grew up thinking like I'm going to be an influencer and I don't even think when I started making videos and stuff like that influencer was really a like term people were using. I really enjoyed making movies. That's kind of really how it started. Like I really liked making like little skits and films and whatever, because I was really shy. And I didn't love talking to like people outside of my house. So my outlet was really being creative. I really loved creating movies, creating little skits. And then that kind of like led into creating my own business. So I kind of already had this entrepreneurial mindset, I think. So that's kind of like, 
I guess how it started was always having that drive for creating content. I was always just like creating content always. But I feel like now in this day and age, when people ask like, how do you become an influencer? They're asking for like the steps of like putting yourself out there. So I'm not going to go through my whole backstory of like why I like was a content creator from the beginning. But in this term of like how to become an influencer, it's really just creating a video and like filming whatever you want to film. I always think it's important to have a game plan, obviously, like, okay, what kind of content do you want to create? Who do you want people to view you as? Like, why do you want people to come to you? Or like, what do you see your content being like? Like when when you think about, okay, when someone clicks on my name or like my profile, what do I want them to see? And then start creating content in that aspect. And I know everyone says this. I feel like if you looked up ways of like to become an influencer and stuff like that, people say like, just just start creating content and just like do it. That's really how you have to do it because staying consistent in your content creation and just like what you want to put out is huge because at the end of it, being an influencer is like showing your face to people and like putting your name out in the internet. And what you have to do is to do that is to post. So in general, I think like being so funny because I think there's so many different avenues you could go to when people ask you, like, oh, how do you become an influencer? There's so many different things you could like talk about because now I feel like influencer is very broad. You know, there's cooking influencers, there's home influencers, there's mommy influencers, family influencers, all that stuff. So it's really different to like what you want to do. But I don't know. I don't want people to think also that this industry is oversaturated. I know some people are like, oh, I don't want to do this because no one's going to watch my videos or like no one cares or there's too many people trying to be influencers. Like, honestly, there's room for everybody in this space. And I think everyone has different things to offer. So I don't ever like to hear people get discouraged with like, oh, I don't want to be an influencer because blah, 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 blah. Like, I think influencers too broad. You really got to figure out your niche and like what kind of content creator you want to be. and go from there. I'm about to get a specific. And I think it's cool that there's two of us answering this question because you are obviously the creator and I'm obviously someone who consumes this stuff, but I also manage talent. If you want to get started influencing content creation, whatever you want to call it, you honestly just have to put yourself out there. You build a following based on consistency. So I would highly recommend posting at least minimum three times a day. Video is a huge tool, especially for people who want to make money off of brand deals and stuff like that. Brands are going to look for people with personality and the way your personality is going to show is through video, not through a static post of you in a bikini. So just something to think about, especially your niche too, right? There's a lot of people who blow up because of their cooking videos, but What's sometimes limiting with niches is that that's probably like what that person is known for. And like, let's say they want to explore other things. They can't because all their followers only care about cooking. So I think the most successful influencers are the ones who show a lot of their personality and people like them because of their personality and they trust them because they like their personality. So they're easily converted and influenced by that talent because they already like them, you know, and 
that person can do everything. You are considered lifestyle and lifestyle is probably the cop out for like all verticals. Like you do a little bit of fashion, you do a little bit of beauty, you do a little bit of cooking. You get partnerships with people like Fidelity on saving money because you're clearly a woman in your 20s who needs to learn the benefits of saving and having a savings account. So I think build your following through consistency. Video is a great platform. And don't be afraid to talk in front of the camera because that's how people will get to know your personality. So I don't think it's rocket science. If you have a passion for it, it's really easy to do. Truthfully. I always say don't go into it thinking like, oh, I want to make money. And this is why I want to do it. Because then you're just going to burn yourself out because it's not really something you're passionate about. Yeah. People think that influencing is such an easy thing to do, but it's not. It's a lot of work. Three videos a day. No, thank you. I can barely post on my story a day. So it's definitely going to take a lot of persistence and dedication. And those are the ones who make it. You know, the ones who post every day, the ones who have something to say. So I hope that answered your question. There's so many things that go into influencing. But, you know, I think Paula and I kind of gave two different outlooks on it where Paula gave more of like a managerial aspect and I gave more of the creative side of it. But yeah, there's room for everybody in this space. And you got this. I believe in you. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure you guys call us at 512-827-8730 if you guys want to be featured in our What Are You Second Guessing segment. Or if you don't want to leave a voicemail and you don't want us to hear your voice, you can email us at secondthoughtspod at gmail.com. But other than that, thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.